Welcome to the Love Yourself Naked podcast. I'm your host, Chelsea Glubish, and I've been working with women for over two years to help them ditch the diet mentality, find food freedom, and gain a body confidence that they never knew was possible. There is so much information out there about how to eat, how to exercise, and how to live a healthy lifestyle. My goal on the show is to help answer all your questions and provide you the tools you need to live in peace with food and love your body. So if you are ready to discover what it's like to live a life without obsession, you are in the right place. Now let's get to the show. Hello, welcome to another episode. Today is Sunday here, and um, yeah, this is way later than I would ever typically record an episode, but it has been one of those weeks, you guys, where I'm just like, what what day is it? Did I sleep last night? Where are my clothes? Wearing pajamas to work? Like, that's not actually true. I haven't. But actually, on that note, I'm kicking things off today with an analogy for you guys. So let's just dive into it. It has to do with clothing. That's why I said on that note. So, okay, I want you to imagine growing up in a society where you wore the same uniform every single day of your life. From the time you were born, you wear this one uniform with, I don't know, bell-bottom jeans and coveralls and a top hat and slippers. So from the time that you're born, you wear the same thing every single day to bed, to school, to work, to parties, to the swimming pool, literally everywhere. And then one day you get told that you don't have to wear the same uniform anymore. You get to wear whatever you want and pick your own wardrobe. How liberating and also terrifying because you now, after living in a very defined box your whole life and never having to decide what to wear, you have to figure it out for yourself. What's your style? What kind of shoes do you like? What's the most comfortable thing to wear to bed and exercising? What's appropriate for weddings? What's appropriate for work? You've got to figure all of that out. And so as exciting as it is to have that agency to choose your own wardrobe, it's also extremely overwhelming to not have a freaking clue what is appropriate and what feels good for you. And also it's likely going to take some time and some trial and error. You will likely show up to the pool in your pajamas a couple times or to work in your pajamas. Or if you are like me, you will be recording a podcast episode in your pajamas. Granted, nobody can see me, so that doesn't have much of an impact, but you get the gist. Maybe you'll go to a wedding in a onesie, but eventually you figure out what works for you, what you like, what feels good, and what your body feels best in. And the same goes for your nutrition. Letting go of dieting and following a meal plan or some sort of a nutrition program can feel super overwhelming and scary. And that's obviously what we're going to talk about today. So if I was to say to you, you know, go ahead, eat whatever you want. I'm willing to bet a lot of you would say, okay, well then I'll just eat cookies and donuts and Doritos all day. First of all, this is the number one sign of a disordered relationship with food, which is absolutely nothing to feel bad about. We've all been there. Um, But second you wouldn't eat cookies and donuts and Doritos all day. Not forever anyways. Um, I will get into that a little bit later in the episode, but I just wanted to start by painting a picture for you so you know that not having a clue how to feed yourself after years of dieting or following meal plans and just living in a culture that is very diet focused. And I mean, we've kind of shifted more to like a wellness or healthism focus, but it's very much still rooted in controlling your food. So it is okay. It is normal that you don't know what the heck to do. 
a couple of weeks ago, I did an episode about how to have a healthier relationship with food, which essentially means how do we not go on a new diet every other month and not spend copious amounts of time checking how many calories are in everything we eat and, you know, checking the clock to see how long it's been since our last meal to make sure we're not eating before it's allowed to make sure that we don't eat too much. And all of those super exhausting pieces of nutrition that we obsess about because we think that they're making us healthy but they're really just taking away from our ability to show up confidently in the world. When you think about how much energy you expend on, you know, thinking about, like I said, how many calories are in things or if something is good or bad, or, you know, maybe you go out with your girlfriends every weekend and you are constantly stressed or anxious about like, well, what is everyone eating right now? Is everyone on a diet? Is it going to be okay for me to order a burger? Can I get fries with that burger? Do I need to have a salad? Am I drinking? Am I not? Based on the diets that everyone else is on, based on the food rules that you have. I was thinking earlier today actually about how different our society would be if women spent even half the amount of time that they think about food and calories and carbs and their bodies coming up with new business ideas or working on their side hustle or their profession or hobbies or their families. Like imagine if you had all of that time and energy back that you could pour into yourself and your passions. I just truly believe that women would be huge forces to be reckoned with if we actually knew our worth. And if our worth didn't depend on our body and our ability to comply with a diet. But the question, of course, is how the fuck do we even get there? Most of us, I would say, can probably agree that we feel confident knowing what to eat when we're on a diet, whether it's keto or juice cleanse, or maybe you're following a meal plan, or maybe um, it's Nutrisystem. I just recently saw somebody uh, posting about Nutrisystem and selling Nutrisystem the other day, actually it was yesterday. And, uh, I was just like, this is just total garbage. Like it's just not sustainable. So many food rules, so much obsession, obviously very much rooted in diet culture and, you know, the way that you look and appearance and seeking validation from that. But anyways, I think that we can agree that we feel confident when we are complying with something that is set out for us, you know, tell me what to eat and what not to eat. And I'm good. And we also know how to eat when we are not dieting, which tends to look like binging. It's the season of, you know, not following a meal plan. So instead, I'm going to make up for lost times and eat everything and anything I want until I feel sick, which I wouldn't say is typically the intent. You know, we don't come off of a diet thinking, great, like I'm just going to eat like an asshole for, you know, the next however many months until I go back on a diet. But it usually looks like trying to be compliant with the meal plan previously being followed, and then binging at night and on the weekends. So we know what to eat when we're on a diet, and we know how to eat when we're binging, and it can feel like that's all that there is, especially when your idea of eating intuitively may look like cookies and donuts and Doritos, because that's what you're craving since you're never allowed to have it. So that is what I want to talk about in this episode. I really want to help you, if this is the space that you're in, to feel confident about not following a meal plan, not being on a diet, but also not being afraid that giving yourself permission to eat is going to result in eating like an asshole and to actually feel confident in your ability to make healthy choices. One thing I do just want to mention is that um, dieting isn't necessarily something well-known or obvious or labeled as a diet like keto, paleo, etc. And it doesn't necessarily have to always be with the intent of weight loss. Diets can also be as nuanced as food rules. And a lot of times they're disguised as health. So 
a food rule is basically any type of protocol that you follow with your nutrition that isn't governed by a medical condition, allergy, or ethics. So for example, if you don't eat after 8 p.m. because you think that it's going to make you unhealthy or you avoid eating gluten or sugar or dairy because you believe that those will make you unhealthy, but you don't actually have an allergy or a medical condition that necessitates you eliminating those foods from your diet. Those would be food rules. And so I'm going to dive into food rules a little bit more, but I just want you to question if you have food rules, where do they come from? You know, what makes you feel like eating after 8 p.m. makes you unhealthy? What specifically? Like, how does that make you unhealthy? How does that impact your health? What makes you feel like eating processed foods and not just eating whole foods from the produce section makes you unhealthy? You know, where does that come from? Um, and and really get clear on those sources of information because 99% of the time they are not credible sources. Um, another really great example is making sure you have protein within 20 minutes of a workout you know, not eating carbs before bed, nothing processed. Also all the food rules. The list is endless, really. The nice thing about food rules is that they make us feel in control, successful, like we're doing the right thing, especially when we can comply with them. I mean, only when we can comply with them, obviously, because when we can't, we just feel like shit. Um, And again, oftentimes we make it seem like it's in the name of health. You know, I'm not trying to lose weight. I just don't eat processed foods because they're not healthy. I just don't eat sugar because I don't want to develop diabetes. That is a whole nother topic in itself. Um, But for the record, carbs and sugar are very important for people with diabetes and for people in general. And I think a lot of what this all comes down to, giving ourselves permission to eat intuitively and just eat in general, is acceptance. We all want to be loved and accepted. But you aren't required to eat a certain way or look a certain way in order to accomplish that. And I think that's where our society has gotten so lost is that so many things are based on the premise of the way that we look and how good we can be, how good of people we are. And we've unfortunately gotten to a place where we've attached moral value to certain foods. And even if you might be listening to this and you're like, well, no, I don't do that. I would invite you to question, do you think that you would be more likely to get a job or a job opportunity or a job offer if you look a certain way or don't look a certain way? Do you feel like you are um, more accepted in your friend group when you are complying with the dietary protocols that everyone else is, or if you fit into the same pant size that everybody else is? Do you feel like you're more accepted as work, like as a coworker when you are engaging in those diet conversations? Question for you. How much time do you spend thinking about food? What to eat, how much to eat, if your diet is healthy enough, if you should be on a diet, How much time do you spend thinking about your body? How you wish it looked different? Maybe you wish it looked like someone else's? Do you blame your body and feel at war with it? Are you confused by all of the information out there that tells us what foods are good and what foods are bad and how we should be eating? I get it, it's exhausting. This is why I created a food and body freedom course. This course is a 12 week virtual program that runs three times a year. In the course, we talk all about the diet culture and dieting practices and why they are harmful. I teach you how to have a healthy metabolism and a healthy relationship with your body. And of course, all about nutrition, how to meal plan, how to read food labels, how to understand your body's needs and how to make all of your favorite foods fit. You have access to multiple worksheets and a step-by-step guide to how to find food freedom at last. Not only do you get access to the amazing collective of women that will be participating in the course with you, but you also get access to private coaching calls with me. 
This course is designed to transform your relationship with food and your body, and I guarantee that your life will be so much more fulfilling on the other end of it. So if you are ready to get started, head over to my website and click the Food and Body Freedom link to find out more. Or feel free to reach out to me personally to chat about whether or not this is the right option for you. All of the links are included in the show notes as well. Now, back to the episode. I really do think that this is the first piece of the puzzle here because I can tell you everything you need to know about eating a healthy diet, but the truth is eating a healthy diet includes beer and cake and cheesies. And sometimes it looks like eating until you're past full. And sometimes it looks like having popcorn for breakfast. And unless you can get over the fact that other people's opinions about your food choices don't matter, you will likely continue to return to dieting because, and this is important, it makes us feel like we're in control or rather it gives us the illusion of control. It has us believing that we are controlling our health outcomes, controlling our weight, controlling other people's opinions of us, but there are actually few variables about these things that we can control. And food is such a small piece of the puzzle. So the first thing I'm going to invite you to do is to acknowledge the fact that food is not your ticket to health and your body is not your ticket to your worth. Food is not your ticket to happiness. It's not your ticket to acceptance. This is an illusion of the diet culture promise land. And it is such an unfortunate place to be because it never ends well, you know, because you feel like you're in control when you are being compliant and you're being accepted and you're being praised. But then we all go through those seasons where shit hits the fan and we can't be on a strict diet because we're stressed and we lean into emotional eating or we're on vacation and there aren't any gluten-free or dairy-free options or we go out for dinner and again there there maybe aren't any options that don't contain sugar or carbs right like there's so many things to consider diet culture promise land is not the gra- the grass is not greener there it's really not the grass is greener where we water it and where we water it is right friggin here Once you can accept that, you will have a huge weight lifted off your shoulders and it will really help you embark on an intuitive eating journey with a healthy food mindset so that you are able to get to a place where you can actually trust yourself and your body, your hunger and fullness cues. Imagine what that would be like to actually know when you're hungry and when you're full and to eat and stop eating in response to those. It's going to allow you to get to a place where you can trust yourself enough to have the chips and cookies and donuts in the house and where you don't place moral value on food because food is not inherently good or bad. And eating certain foods doesn't make you a good or a bad person. It's the relationship that we develop with food that has us abusing it, right? And that's what makes it quote unquote good or bad. That's where we get to a place where we're like, I feel like shit because of what I ate. And it's not necessarily about what you ate. It's about the relationship that you have with what you ate, because maybe you um, don't allow yourself to eat the pizza and then you end up eating the whole box of pizza. And then you're like, well, pizza is bad for me because it makes me gain weight. Well, no, it doesn't do that. It doesn't. It's the relationship we have with that pizza. Because of all the messaging that we get from media and our friends and coworkers and parents and generations of diet culture, we uphold these belief systems that make us feel like better humans when we can just not eat the sugary cookie. And it makes us feel like shit when we do. Unless, of course, you know, everyone else is. And then we're all talking about how bad we are and how we'll all start a new diet on Monday, right? And it's just a vicious cycle that if you are going to pick out an outfit every day that you feel confident in after years of wearing a uniform, AKA choosing what to eat after years of dieting, is a cycle that needs to be broken. This has to change. 
It's also important to remember that we're not born afraid of food. You know, you don't come out of the womb knowing what foods are good or bad. We learn what's good and what's bad and what we should or shouldn't eat based on cultural conditioning that leads us to distrusting our body and our own desires. And that is the goal of it. What we are really doing when we're abiding by food rules is abandoning our own preferences in the interest of some influencer or some diet. We abandon ourselves ourselves in the name of looking a certain way or eating a certain way, and we deny our own instincts because we're seeking out comfort and certainty and safety in these diets and wellness protocols because they do feel like that. They do feel safe and known, and uh, they make us feel in control when we are able to comply with them. But wellness is so much more than food. And for the sake of health, the best thing you can do is eat enough food and eat a variety of food, not cut out everything that has sugar and gluten and dairy and that's labeled processed or isn't in the produce section of the grocery store. I actually will link um, a couple publications in the show notes for you guys to reference if you're interested in learning more about how small of an impact food actually has on our overall health. It is obviously important. I'm here educating you on it and this is what I do, but the way that we've been taught that food impacts our health is not the whole truth because we have been taught to think about food as the be all end all of health, but no food choice you make right now is going to make or break your health. It's just not. So, okay. Now that we've got some context and we understand why it is so stinking hard to feel comfortable just allowing ourselves to eat and why we struggle to figure out what to eat unless we're on a diet, let's dive into some ways that you can start to flex your intuitive eating muscle. So the first thing for sure is that you need to do some excavation work figure out what diets you've been on in the past and what food rules might still be lingering for you, even if you're not actively following them. So for example, maybe you don't actively adhere to a keto diet at the moment. Maybe you're not like, you know, counting your carbs or, um, or only exclusively buying keto food products. But in the back of your mind, do you still believe that you should be limiting your carb intake? Do you still look for keto options when possible? Do you still have feelings of guilt that come up when you eat carbs all day? probably, likely. The guilt piece for sure comes up for everyone with a dieting history. So we really need to get to the root of why we believe what we believe. What food rules do you follow and why? That is number one. And if we're talking about actionable steps here, I would say just take some time to write it down. The goal with this is to get you to a place where you view food as neutral, not as good or bad, because we cannot make choices rooted in our personal preferences if we're coming from a place of diet mentality and food rules. So we have to challenge those first. That is the first step. Lots of mindset work here. The next step is to peel back the basics around what is a satisfying meal to you. I ask my clients all the time what foods they actually like. So if you were to go to a restaurant, what would you order? When you have family dinners or make a nice home-cooked meal, what do you tend towards? Again, you can take this to pen and paper and write down different components of food that you prefer. Do you like warm or cold food? Do you like creamy, crunchy? Do you prefer savory or sweet or bitter or spicy? How spicy? (laughs) This is going to help you narrow your search for food options, and it's going to help support you with some meal planning. And then the next step, once you've kind of got like the basics of um, what a satisfying meal looks like for you, the next step is going a little bit deeper. And this is something that I take clients through in my coaching program in more detail than this, but I'll just kind of give you guys the Cliff Notes version. So again, grab your pen and paper and you are going to write down protein, carbs, fat, fiber, and flavor. These are the main components of all of your meals. 
actually, I don't want to say all of your meals because I don't want you to take that and take it into your all or nothing mindset and think, okay, well, if all of my meals don't have this, then I'm not eating healthy. No, that is not true. This is just what we want to aim for when we are meal planning, when we are comprising our meals. We want to aim to have a source of protein, a source of carb, a source of fat, a source of fiber, and then a flavor food. And so I'll dive into what those are. But underneath or beside each of these headings, I want you to write down your favorite two to five sources of each. So for example, protein, maybe you really love chicken and shrimp or eggs. Um, Maybe you are vegan and your favorite source of protein is lentils or tofu. Your favorite carbs could be bread, potatoes, rice, fat sources might be avocado, cheese, nuts and seeds, milk. Um, Fiber is going to be primarily your fruits and vegetables and whole grains. I like to keep this one to vegetables because you can also get your whole grains in like your starchy carbs. Um, So I would just write down your favorite sources of fruits and vegetables. Veggies as well tend to be the hardest thing for people to get into their diet. So um, yeah, I definitely brainstorm some of your favorite fruits and vegetables and also how you like to cook them or how you like to eat them. You know, maybe you absolutely hate eating raw vegetables just as they are. Maybe you need some sort of a dip. Maybe you need a hummus or a ranch dip or something like that. Um, So I would write that down, like start to brainstorm the combinations of foods that you enjoy. Maybe you absolutely hate raw vegetables and you need to have them cooked. Okay, great. Write that down. Maybe you absolutely love strawberries, but only when they're dipped in chocolate. Great. Write that down. And then flavor, that's the last component. And this one is super, super, super important because flavor is gonna be where you list your favorite foods, likely the foods that you make off limits. So the cookies, the donuts, chips, milkshakes, All of those things are an important component of your meals because like I have alluded to so many times in this episode, in previous episodes, when we make things off limits, we crave those things. And those are the things that we end up feeling like shit about and we label as bad because we just end up binging on them. So these are a very important part of your meals. Why this list overall is so helpful is that you can now take this list of your favorite types of foods as well as the kind of like basics of what a satisfying meal sounds like to you. So hot, cold, creamy, crunchy, um, savory, sweet. You can take all of these components into your meal planning and use that to pick and choose one of each, you know, one of your protein, your carb, your fat, your fiber. Um, And I won't get too much more into meal planning, but basically this is just going to kind of give you a framework for how you can lean into making your meals. It's going to refresh you on the things that you like outside of following a meal plan. It might be hard for you, you know, if you're someone who is in your 30s or 40s and you've been dieting for 20 years, it might be hard for you to go back to like your childhood and remember what some of your favorite meals were. But I would just go back to maybe like your last vacation or again, those experiences where you do give yourself permission because maybe you're not dieting in that season. And like, what would you order? You know, if you go to a restaurant, what do you like to eat? Um, and so just, yeah, really leaning into those experiences. I'm going to table it there. Um, But if you have more questions about how to go about this and meal planning and you're still like, okay, well, I know what my favorite sources of foods are, but like, how do I figure out how to make meals out of those things? Feel free to send me a message. Also, I am a huge fan of Pinterest. I literally save all of the recipes on Pinterest. Um, I also send out recipes 
typically every week in my weekly newsletter. So if you're looking for more food ideas, then definitely hit me up and I can add you to the mailing list. Um, and then I would also just recommend trying new foods, experiment with spices and sauces and different combinations of foods. One of the coolest things that has come from living with Richard and um, going to his parents' place every Sunday for family dinners is that I have gotten to try so many new foods, so many things that I wouldn't necessarily say consciously were off limits for me or that I had rules around, but definitely things that just based on my dieting history, I didn't incorporate into my diet. So even just things like dairy, um, lots of gluten, sugar, like before Richard and I started dating, I really wouldn't ever like bake things or not that I wouldn't have sweets in the house, but I think I just didn't buy those things simply because those food rules still lingered in the back of my mind. And now we always have baked goods. Um, when we go to Richard's parents' place, his mom always has baked goods. I eat all the gluten. Um, I eat dairy, like all of those things that I previously didn't eat simply because they were ingrained into the back of my mind that, you know, oh, these things are bad for you. They're inflammatory, or, um, you might get diabetes or they're going to disrupt your sleep. Like all of these bullshit phrases, all of these bullshit things that we believe that we think are going to make us healthy are just, they're, well, they're bullshit. <laughs> I don't know how many times I can say that. Anyways, those are now part of my life. It's also been cool to just, yeah, experiment with spices and sauces were something I used to be so afraid of because I was like, well, you know, I don't want to waste my calories on sauce. <laughs> I'm just thinking about how ridiculous that statement is now. But I know I've said that about so many things. I don't want to waste my calories on, um, you know, drinks or I don't want to, oh my gosh. Like when I used to go out and drink, I would get everything with water. I'd get vodka water. Like how disgusting does that sound? Nobody likes a vodka water. I like, if you like vodka water, I would just invite you to question whether or not you actually like vodka water or if you just don't want the extra calories from getting like a vodka Sprite or a vodka orange juice or whatever else you might get. Um, because yeah, that was definitely my mentality as well. It's just like, you know, it's going to be a waste of calories and I just don't want to do that. And let me tell you, it is not a waste of calories. Sauces are freaking delicious. They make your meals taste great. They're super fun to experiment with. So yeah, just like branch out, experiment with spices, go hang out in the spice aisle in the grocery store and just like read what else is there, you know, things that might not be in your cupboard right now. Look up recipes with those spices and just see what options are out there. See how you can experiment. If we go back to the uniform analogy, you have to try on a bunch of different outfits to figure out what your style is. So the same goes for food. You've got to try a bunch of different things to figure out what it is you like, especially if all you've been eating for the past 10, 20, 30 years maybe has been what somebody else has told you to eat, some influence or influencer or a diet, right? So that's pretty much it. Well, that's not it, but that is where to start. There's obviously, you know, a lot more layers to it and there's a lot more guidance that can be provided. But I think as a starting point, get clear on the food rules that are currently regulating your diet choices. Understand that they are not health and take some time to really think about what types of foods you like. Also know that eating without diet culture doesn't have to be the opposite. It doesn't mean that you can't have the keto cookies. There's actually these, um, I don't buy them anymore because Richard is allergic to nuts. So I kind of just don't really buy anything with nuts anymore. Um, 
but I used to buy these almond butter cups from Costco. Oh my gosh, so good. They're like Reese's peanut butter cups, but with almond butter and dark chocolate on the outside. And they were keto. Well, they were labeled as keto. So, you know, it doesn't have to mean that you can't buy those things. I do still honestly prefer gluten-free bread over regular bread, as long as it's, there's only one type that I like. And it's just because it's super seedy and I really like seeds in my bread. But Anyways, it doesn't mean that you can't get the Starbucks latte with sugar-free syrup. I still do that. It's just saying that there are no rules. So if you want to have, you know, a, a syrup from Starbucks that has sugar in it, you can. And if you don't, then you don't have to. But if your fear is just that you will only want pizza and donuts forever, know that this may happen. You know, you may embark on this journey and be like, okay, I am just going to eat what I want to eat and I'm not going to follow any rules. Yes, this may happen for a period of time because your body is like friggin' sweet. I can have whatever I want. Like, let's go. You know, imagine a kid in a candy store. They're like, have free reign for anything that they want. Of course, they're going to go bananas if they don't get access to that on a regular basis. That's the same for you, but it will pass. I've never coached somebody who has leaned into intuitive eating, removed their food rules, and then never eaten another vegetable again. Not once maybe for a few weeks, but then what happens is that their body and their brain starts to trust that they are going to honor what they want and they regulate. And also they don't just go from eating, you know, boatloads of pizza and cookies and candy to eating like plain raw vegetables, like absolutely disgusting. Nobody wants to do that. I don't even want to do that. I always dip my vegetables. So it doesn't have to be this like all or nothing dynamic. The same thing is going to happen for you. Your body thrives on eating a variety of foods that is programmed into our DNA. And we just spend so much of our lives fighting that and really don't give ourselves enough time to find that balance where we aren't super restricting or overindulging. And we're just living in that like happy medium space. And I do think that that's what makes this process so hard because that phase of going from restricting to going all in on the cookies and pizza and donuts, that might feel like evidence that you do need the diet. And you do need to go back to something more strict because you can't trust yourself. But the truth is that you just need to give your body time to trust you again. One last thing that I want to mention is that another obstacle that I often hear is um, friends or relationships, coworkers, things like that. So if you have friends who are always on a diet or always talking about dieting or the good and bad foods that they're eating or talking about their body, set some boundaries, woman. It can feel super isolating to go against the grain and be the friend who eats the burger when everyone else orders salad. It can feel really uncomfortable to challenge people when they say that they can't have the piece of garlic toast with their pasta, but it just takes one person to start changing the narrative. I guarantee none of your friends want to feel like slaves to food either. So be that person that has the courage to stop the diet trend. I also am going to link a clip that I saw recently from the movie Eat, Pray, Love. I actually haven't seen the movie. Um, somebody that I follow on social media just sent me this clip recently. And basically, Julia Roberts' character is talking about how she's falling in love with her pizza. I think they're in, oh God, I don't know where they are. They're in somewhere where pizza, Italy maybe? I don't know. They're somewhere where pizza is like a really big thing and they're eating this like amazing pizza and she's just loving it. And she's talking about how she's having a relationship with her pizza and her friend sitting across from her is feeling super self-conscious and hasn't touched her pizza. And she says she can't have it because she recently gained 10 pounds and now has a muffin top. And Julia's character just kind of like looks at her and laughs and says, so do I. So do I. 
We all need friends like that. You can be that friend. I just can't even express to you how freeing it is to be on the other end of dieting, to just eat the foods that you genuinely want to eat and to feel confident in your nutrition. And I've seen this happen with so many women that I work with. It really is the most beautiful thing. Imagine waking up and just eating what you actually want to eat for breakfast without worrying about whether or not you've had too many carbs or going out for lunch with your friends and not looking up the nutrition information to plan out your meal beforehand or sitting down for dinner with your family and not thinking about how many calories are in each dish before scooping up your plate. It's a great time. It just really is a great time. And I just want that for you. I want that for you. So that is it. That's all I have for you. I hope this was helpful. I hope that you feel confident starting your intuitive eating journey. And please, if you have any questions, reach out to me, let me know, and I will catch you guys in the next episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you guys got value from the show, I would love for you to rate and share it. And if you have any questions about the conversation today, you can always find me on Instagram or Facebook at Chelsea Glubish. Catch you on the next one.